This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. If you have any topic suggestions that you'd like to hear more about or questions that you're hoping that we could maybe address on a future podcast, you can click the get in touch box right on our website at ktsmoneymatters.com. And the hardworking woman's guide to money available either on our website, KT's Money Matters, or on Amazon. Or of course, you can find our link in the show notes. Working with your investments, retirement, insurance, estate, or tax planning, or just dealing with everyday expenses, your money matters. Let KT Thomas help you make the most of it. This is KT's Money Matters. Hey there, and welcome back. This is KT at KT's Money Matters, coming to you with your tips and quips and ideas about making money, spending money, saving money, growing money, investing money. Today, we're going to talk about another financial hack, something that's really been disrupting the market in this particular area a lot, and a growing number in the last 10 years or so, which is, should you sell your house by yourself? What do you need to know in order to do that successfully? And what are the trade-offs? Because what you're really doing is you're buying a middleman, or you're selling some of your time and a willingness to do business with somebody else in order to save what could be tens of thousands of dollars. More than that, after the break. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. So 15 years ago, I used to hear every once in a great, 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 great while somebody saying they were gonna sell their home by themselves. And then of course, the financial crisis happened In 2008, the real estate market fell to the abyss and people lost a lot of money. And a lot of people walked away from their homes and tried to surrender them back to the bank, start over. But now that seems like forever ago in the rearview mirror. In fact, we're more than 10 years away from that financial crisis. And so people have kind of come back to the idea of doing this by themselves. The idea of trying to eliminate the middleman, trying to figure out what the price savings is. There's a lot of people out there buying and selling homes for, you know, buying them and rehabbing and flipping them or buying them and renting them for income. But the question is, if you're somebody that really only buys and sells a home maybe three times in your whole life, should you try this yourself? How hard is it really? And how much are you really paying for And of course, you know how this is. How much are you really getting? Well, if you looked at this 15 years ago, you would have seen, you know, maybe 7 or 8% of all homes sold without a realtor. Now, that number now is more like 25% of all homes. So the number is a quarter of all homes today sold without a realtor. Now, this is one of the, I think, most interesting and most significant consumer hacks. Why? Because you can save tens of thousands of dollars versus 
say 300 bucks for doing your own taxes or $50 off your cable bill every month if you call them up. Now, sure, $50 a month off your cable bill over a year is $300. Over 10 years could be $3,000. However, we're talking about tens of thousands of dollars whenever you do this. It's worth thinking about. So let's talk about what it really costs to have a realtor list and sell your home and what they really do for you. So first, a realtor will get you and your home ready to go to market. They'll do something called a competitive analysis to try to figure out where the price of your house is. They'll try to coach you on what price the house should list for. But frankly, if you think it's worth a lot of money, they're not going to tell you it's not because they want your listing. So will they always tell you the truth? Frankly, I think they mean to, but they don't always tell you the truth. If you're picking the realtor because the realtor tells you your house is worth more money than the last realtor, you should know that they're probably wrong. It's probably only worth what it's worth. So that's the first thing. Can a realtor get you more for your house than your house is worth? Probably not. Can your realtor bring traffic to your house? Yes. They could do realtor open houses where they invite other realtors in to see your house. They could reach out to customers of that realty agency to see if there's somebody else who's got a client who's looking for a house. They could do the dreaded open houses where strangers come through your house and look at your stuff and maybe somebody buys it. However, you should know that most open houses benefit the realtor who's listing the house because they don't usually buy the one they're looking at, but it's a great way for them to make relationships where they may get more listings. So just, you know, when you think about what a realtor does, open house, that's true. Question is, are you willing to throw your own open house? Should you throw your own open house? Now, there's also a lot of legal work that needs to be done along the line. So there's, you know, the, the nuts and bolts of things, right? Like getting your house ready to market, figuring out what the price should be, getting a sign in the front lawn, getting your home viewing on the internet so that other realtors and other customers can see it. I'll talk a little bit how all that works a little later on. And then, of course, they actually have the appropriate documents for selling agreements. So if you're selling your house yourself, one of the things you're going to have to do is figure out how to come up with an agreement that you and the buyer will sign that needs to be either, you know, I would say probably re reviewed by an attorney, but also needs to be negotiated and you need to decide whether or not you're willing to take that work on. Now, ultimately, once you go to the closing, that's a legal transaction. And even though the realtor might come with a bottle of champagne, the reality is the realtor is, realtor's job is really done by the close. They're only there to make sure everything gets signed. But if you and your seller or you and your buyer have already decided it's all been mapped out, the agreement's been written, it is enforceable, the bank has approved the financing, then ultimately you guys are all just there to sign paperwork. And the person who's working that day is the title office or the closing attorney. And that person is typically paid for by the bank that is financing the mortgage. And ultimately the buyer, of course, is paying the bank. Now, you may, as the seller, need to pay something, but it's not thousands of dollars. It's usually hundreds of dollars. So what exactly will we have to pay a realtor if we pick one? So I want looking for things like national real estate rates. And, you know, here's what I'll say to you. First of all, anywhere between 4 and 6%. You should know all realtors say 6%, but if you said 
How about 5%? Almost every single one of them would say, okay. 4% is a little tougher to get because they might have to split that commission with somebody else. And let's face it, they want all the money that they can get. So if I'm selling a $300,000 house, just for example, because that's the average home sale in America right now, it's about $300,000. So that we all know their homes much more expensive and there are homes much more cheap. But if we look at what the average cost of like a new home is in New Hampshire, it's $300 or the average cost of a home transaction throughout the middle of the country, it's about $300. Now you can pay a lot more if you're living on the coast and I don't have to tell you guys, but just think 5% of whatever that number is. So let's say it's a $300,000 house because that's the average, that's $15,000. So the question is, are you willing to be uncomfortable enough to save $15,000? Well, let's talk about what you could get with $15,000. Well, you probably couldn't get a brand new car, but you could get a heck of a secondhand car. You couldn't send your child to private school on 15,000, but you could send them to state school for at least a year. So what you wanna do is think about that as how big it is compared to other things in your life. So don't think about 15,000 compared to 300,000, the purchase price. Think about 15,000 compared to what other things you might spend $15,000 on. And then you'll understand why 25% of the population is really trying to figure it out on their own. So if you're working two jobs or you travel for business and you just simply do not have the time or the bandwidth or the willingness to sell your home on your own, get over paying the money and pay it because somebody has to. The idea that you're going to put like a little tent sign that you bought at Home Depot in your front yard that says for sale call owner, you should know. It just actually doesn't work like that. It's a little harder than that. If you're not willing to get into negotiating with the buyer, you should know this is actually kind of hard. This is one of the many reasons why people put a realtor between the buyer and the seller. They do it so that when the buyer says how they're going to rip out your kitchen cabinets after they buy the house or how they can't wait to paint that living room because it's so ugly, you have to put your big girl pants on or big boy pants on and say, great, I wish you the best. You can't be put out by the fact that they don't like things in your house the way you have them. They're not buying you. They're buying the home you don't want to live in anymore. So you need to decide to set aside your emotions. And that's actually easier said than done. The other thing is you have to decide to access some other things. Like, will you have your home staged? And what will that cost? Well, it's hundreds, not thousands. You might still pay that if you had a realtor. Would I have to pay to have a video of my home done so that I can post it online? Yeah, but with iPhones today, here's what I'll say to you. People are doing their own and posting them on the internet. If you have a teenager with really good tech skills or you have pretty good tech skills or you know somebody that you could ask to do it for you, then you could create the video yourself right on your iPhone. Now, there was a time when the barrier for equipment or the ability to list it online were all hurdles to keep you away from listing it because you couldn't put it on a realtor site. But today, you know, with sites like Zillow, which I'm sure many of you are familiar with, or sellmyhome.com, sites like that, you can go ahead and list your home there. And you can put your videos up there. And then what happens is there are all these data scraping sites that take all these different homes from all these different listings and 
push them all over the place so that if somebody goes in there and says, show me homes in Hampton, New Hampshire, they see all the homes in Hampton, New Hampshire, not just the homes list by realtors. So all of a sudden you can reach that big population. If you really believe that the internet is the key to selling your home, then you should know that you don't need a realtor to do that anymore. There was a time when that was true, but that's not now. The other thing you need to be concerned about is whether or not you will close buyers out of buying your home. If a buyer signs a buyer's representative agreement with an agent, what they're saying is that agent's going to get paid no matter what. So the agent's going to get paid even if the seller doesn't have a realtor to generate the commission. Because really, it's the seller who always pays the commission. If you don't have a realtor, it's not you, but you should know that a buyer trying to break that contract with their realtor might be looking for you for some money. This is like my personal favorite thing that I don't totally get at all, which is the buyer says to you, well, listen, you're not using a realtor. We should split what you save from using the realtor. And I'm like, why would you ever do that? It's not the buyer's cost. It's the seller's cost you're saving. You should negotiate in good faith, but you have to remember that in order to sell, you have to continue to negotiate. I'm going to talk a little bit about what the five steps are. You know, I got this from a great site called Money Under 30. And so this site lays out what the five steps are for selling your home by yourself. So number one, if you've decided to save $15,000 or perhaps more, you would need to be able to do the following. One, you'd be able to determine the value. Here's what I'll say to you. Price too low, not enough profit. Price too high, not enough buyers. There's this whole thing that happens in the first month of the property being on the market that you're either getting activity or you're not. And if you're not getting activity, then you should know that the chances are excellent that your house is not priced right. Because if it is, you will attract buyers, especially in this market. You can find out a lot of ways to figure out what your home might be worth. In fact, you could even talk to the enemy. Huh, I'm only joking here. But you could have a realtor come in and give you a competitive analysis of what they think your house might be worth. You don't have to hire them. You could always just see them for information. You could use sites like Zillow. You could pay a few hundred dollars and have a licensed appraiser. Now, a licensed appraiser might actually help you sell the house because you can prove that the house is worth what you think it's worth. But however you decide to do this, you've got to do it. You've got to pick a price to start. And you don't want to be ridiculous here. Every once in a while, people will say to me, I live down at the ocean. It happens every season. I'm going to throw it on the market. If somebody crazy walks around, they want to pay my number, then I'll move. That's actually not really selling your house. That's really like, I'm going to sit here and if a fish jumps in my boat, I'm going to eat it. It's not really helpful. So if you're not really selling your home, please don't waste anybody's time, including your own. If you are, get an appraisal or get an estimate or do some homework and put a price on your house and understand that you may need to change this price if you're wrong. Second thing, and this is before you list it, you want to prepare the home for the sale. You want to ask yourself, if I were looking at buying this house today, what would I hate? What don't I like? You don't want to go ahead and like rip out the kitchen and put a new kitchen in unless you really feel that your kitchen will bring you an extra twice as much as the cost of doing it. 
And that's kind of a big chunk, right? Could I, could I increase the value of my house $40,000 by replacing my $20,000 kitchen? Probably not. This is probably not worth it. But you want to look at things like minor repairs. Everybody sees things that are broken. So like stupid little broken things that you could fix. Like make sure your garage door opener works right. Make sure your windows close. If somebody ran over the curb in your front lawn and you haven't fixed it, fix it. Consider like cleaning up curb appeal, maybe plant some flowers. And you could even consider hiring a stager, somebody that comes in and makes your homes look like better homes and garden. One of the things I did when I sold my last house was I got a storage facility and I took a bunch of things out of my house to make my house look more open. People want to be able to see the house with their stuff in it, not with your stuff in it. So clean it up. Your home needs to be clean and it needs to smell fresh. Let's not put ourselves out of business before we even get started. Once we've done those things, we're ready to go to market. So step three, we need to do a few things. We need to buy a good yard sign. Not like one of those little fallen over ones, but a good one. We also need to have really nice looking flyers, by the way. Flyers and, and marketing material for selling your home can all be found today on the internet pretty easy. You want to make sure that you list your house along with pictures and perhaps a 3D video online. You can use so sites like Zillow or For Sale by Owner or Home Finder, all good sites. You want to schedule an open house, but you want to do it you want to start marketing it at least a week before the open house so that people have a chance to see it. The thing I always think is in interesting is people think, you know, I put it out there once and somebody will see it. But the speed of the internet now is so fast that if you miss it, you're never going to get back to it. Just remember the last time you put something on Facebook and uh, no one ever saw it because it just went at a time when nobody was looking. So if you want to sell your house and you want to do internet advertising, you need to know that you have to put it out there several times so that people get a chance to see it. And you need to start advertising it a week before the open house. Step four, let's say you have a buyer, it's time to negotiate the sale. What you need to understand about this process is nobody leaves extremely happy. I hate this part. This is where the buyer tells you your house is okay, but you know, it's not really worth what you want for it. This is what I mean about it's time to set your feelings aside. Now, if this information came through a realtor, the realtor would soften the blow. They also might keep comments that are not helpful to you away from you. However, without one, you get the full opportunity to hear how somebody feels exactly about what you have. Now, it could just be that they're trying to beat the price down a little bit and make you feel more insecure about it. So the first thing I'll say to you is if you get a low ball offer, which can happen, don't just say no, or I think I said this one, screw them, I'm not even gonna counter. My realtor's like, of course you have to counter because you cannot sell to people you do not speak with. You must counter. No matter how low the number is, you just counter and put yourself in the neighborhood of where you wanna be. They may not be the right buyer, your house may not be the right house. But if they are the right buyer and they're just trying to see how cheap they can get it from you, if you don't counter, you'll never sell the house to those people. And let's remember, we're in this to sell our house. 
once you guys have negotiated a price, there's going to be a home inspection. You have to be prepared for the idea that there may be some things coming back on the home inspection. Obviously, people with cash and they don't need any financing are more attractive. But when the day's done, price is price. Do you want to wait to sell your home if somebody doesn't have their home already sold? Obviously, that's a less attractive buyer to you. And there are things you can do so that you don't get locked up with somebody who can't sell their home. But once you get to this place that you found somebody that wants to buy it, that you want to sell it to, if there's some issue about how you get to the closing date, you really need to think about, am I willing to wait for this person or do I want to continue to market my home? Or have I bought my next home yet? I maybe don't even have any place to go yet. Closing date is one of the things you negotiate. Now, I'd also say to you, make sure you get a good deposit. Somebody gives you a deposit with the offer and then another few thousand dollars before you get anywhere near the close as good faith. Because what you don't want is people just wandering away if they fall in love with something else down the street after they've already committed to you. Everything you do here must be in writing and it must be legal. This is where I would say to you, you'll want to use an attorney to write your purchase agreement. Sure, there are lots of forms out there and you can get a free form on the internet. But even if you write your own, I think it would be smart. At least this is what I would do for a $300,000 transaction. I'd at least pay an attorney to review it. Because I'd want to be sure that I am protected. Now, step five, we're going to go see an attorney and a title company anyway to do the closing. But as I said, this is really more about the buyer than it is about the seller. The seller is going to sign a document selling their home and then the buyer signs everything else. Obviously, if you have a balance on the mortgage of your own home, your bank will have to be involved as well. A little thing to pay attention to here is the bank is always really quick to take the payoff, but not always as quick to file the release of mortgage. Now, they get around to it eventually, but what I would say to you is this is a follow-up item. So I think about this as like five and a half, that you want to make sure that you get your paid mortgage from the bank and that you make sure that that lien has been released from your credit. Because what happens is when you go to do something else, you don't want an old mortgage showing up. In fact, I have a really good story about this. So in 1996, I think, 1995, we were living in Wakefield, Massachusetts. We were selling our home and moving to New Hampshire because I was on the road all the time and it was absolutely crazy. We sell our house to this lovely couple and three years later, she calls me up and says, she has a mortgage on her property, not for me, not for my husband, but the original mortgage that his parents had when they bought the house and paid it off forever and ever and ever and ever, amen, ago. And she was wondering if I had a copy of the paid off loan. Now I laughed because both of the people that wrote that mortgage had been dead for several years and we had bought it from the estate and we had sold it to them and it had gone to the title company, two or three different companies, nobody caught it. And now all of a sudden out comes this lien from like the 70s. Now I couldn't help her out. I didn't have any paperwork like that, but that's why you get title insurance because Somebody is on the hook for not inspecting that title and finding that lien, I don't know, quite a long time ago, like 25 years ago. But you want to make sure as the seller that you get your paid off mortgage 
and that you keep receipt of your paid off mortgage and you make sure that it is filed appropriately. And then after that, you can file that document away. Now, for those of us that would like to save some money, but can't do all the legwork ourselves or just won't, like, I don't want to talk to the buyer. I don't want to have to run the open house myself. There is a compromise. And this is the great hack. So people have been selling their own homes for a long time. But if they needed to pay somebody to help them sell their home, it was a lot of money. Like I said, four, five, or 6%. But imagine if you could do that and only pay one and a half percent or 2%. There are companies out there, mostly tech companies, uh, Redfin jumps to mind, where they have three options. You can either go all your own and pay them to list your stuff, or you can pay them to list your stuff and pay a realtor, and they have realtors for significantly less money. You can buy their materials so that if you wanted to do your own open house, all of that, they have all that material. Some of it's free, some of it has fees, but you could probably get out of selling your house for, you know, 2% or less. Now, what you have to understand is they are the technology-based delivery company. So if you think you're going to hire somebody from Redfin and they're going to give you service like the Caldwell Banker full price realtor, you're probably fooling yourself. When you decide, I don't want to pay 5%, the other thing you're deciding is you don't need those other fluffy things that the realtor does. This is just a down and dirty, how can I sell my house, get a little bit of support to make the process easier for me, but not pay somebody $15,000. So if you're not all the way over to the great hack, which is you do it by yourself, you could go save some deep discount, real estate sales. See, I think all these options are open. When you think about realtors, sorry for realtors listening to the show, this is a margin business where everybody else's margins have come down. You know, I just think about what it used to cost to buy a stock 15 years ago. Now a trade used to cost a couple hundred bucks in the 90s. Now trades cost a couple bucks seven, five, sometimes free. But real estate has been on a percentage for as long as I can remember. Real estate prices have doubled, tripled, quadrupled. The technology has gotten cheaper. It's easier to do it yourself, but the industry is still out there charging 5%. And you know what? They are ripe for getting hacked. If you're selling or buying a home this year, the market seems good, rates are very good, and the job market is good. So if you're going to make that move, really think about how you want to make that move. The other thing you need to ask yourself if you do decide to hire a realtor is you want to think about how much experience that person actually has in selling homes in your neighborhood. Should I hire somebody at full price who lives in the other state because they're my best friend's brother-in-law? Probably not. You should hire somebody that works in your neighborhood, that understands the market, that has experience, and hopefully has a staff of people that they work with. If you're going to spend, you've got to get. Otherwise, you should hack it and buy a car instead. Until we speak again. 
Thanks for listening to KT's Money Matters with KT Thomas. For more information, past episodes, and show notes, go to www.ktsmoneymatterspodcast.com. Make sure you subscribe and recommend it at iTunes, Overcast, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.